and omnes. Welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's, where I'm going to get into some irregular comparison of uh, words, and we're going to go into the, uh, the irregular comparative and superlative forms, uh, going off, for instance, bonus, melior, optimus, good, better, best, and well, at the end of this lesson, we'll review and we'll see uh, which um, adjectives are irregular in its three degrees of which we talked about in last in the last lesson, last episode, where we got into uh, positive comparative superlative, good, better, best, fast, faster, fastest, all of that good stuff. So without further ado, Let's get into two important rules that we need to remember as I talk about this topic. Firstly, there are six third declension adjectives with irregular superlatives. They're positive forms and in lis, L-I-S, in the masculine and feminine nominative singular, and their superlatives and in limus, L-I-M-U-S, for example, facilimus, which means the easiest. Because facile means easy, and that's where we get facility from, and or a facilitator. A facilitator's job is to make things run more easily. Rarely do they actually achieve their job, it seems, in my personal opinion. Secondly, all adjectives of any declension which have nominative singular masculine forms ending in ER, for example, liber, which means free, a form of form superlatives which end in remus, such as liberimus. This chapter, the last before, we will um, just kind of take a break and uh, I'll get into some like anatomical stuff. So we're, well, I'm taking snippets. They're like stints of doing grammar and then from doing the grammar, I, you know, transition into other things that I love to talk about as well as spread uh, my personal knowledge about because I think that we all have personal knowledge that we can share with one another and sometimes it can serve uh, as help for somebody else. Not for everybody, but for some people. I mean, like when I listen to podcasts, sometimes I hear people talk about certain things um, regarding their lives, personal experiences, traumas, um, trials, tribulations, and I learn from what they've experienced and their outlook and or their perspective on it. I think that hearing more people talk, um, having people to discuss with and have conversations with just opens up your mind and allows you to think about more than just just one thing, really. You know, um, at the end of the day, I think that knowledge is probably the most amazing thing that uh, that we can invest in in our lives because everything else is so fleeting. But at the end of the day, at the very end of the day, when we're on our deathbeds, knowledge is what and information and just knowing more builds and builds and builds. And then you can reflect on that because there's one of my favorite Chinese proverbs. And this is really why I teach, I think. It's like if you, um, I never know these verbatim, like my brother can, he's so good at reciting quotes, but um, it goes along the lines of if you're planning for a year, 
sow some rice. If you're planning for a decade, plant trees. And if you're planning for a lifetime, educate kids and or people. And uh, I don't know who said that. I think it's just a proverb, but I think there's a lot of truth in that. So let's go ahead um, and say that uh, while there's no new grammatical concepts introduced here, but do remember irregularity is a sign that they're being used a lot, right? H hence, when we talked about irregular verb forms like have, have, has, had, you know, the, the have can afford irregularities because we use it so often. Do, does, doing, did, done, uh, done. You know, those kinds of things we use on a regular basis versus something like, well, how about facilitate? You can't, you just have either facilitate, will facilitate in the future or facilitated in the um, perfect past. And we're facilitating in the imperfect past. Uh, and I could get on with more, but I'm not going to. <coughs> Excuse me. But a little linguistics may help us make some sense out of the irregularities certain Latin comparative forms exhibit. But unfortunately, it can take you all. It can't take you all the way, rather. So you're going to have to do some memorizing. It's just what we got to do in language. You know it. It's how you speak. You me you've memorized these words in which you've encoded into your brain that you can pull out for all kinds of retrieval later on when you're talking with people or when you're spitting into a mic like me. Here are some of the easiest of the forms associated with the irregular uh, adjective comparison in Latin. So six superlative forms, all third declension, which use limus in place of isimus, right? Isimus uh, would be the superlative, the est. Limus is going to be here. Their positive forms and in lis or lay, L-I-S or L-E, for example, facilis or facile, uh, which means easy, the superlative of which would be facilimus, which would be the easiest. Uh, it's negative, difficilis, uh, which means difficult, has a superlative, which is difficilimus, and uh, similis, like as in alike, essentially. I know that's kind of confusing has a superlative similimus, uh, which is going to be the most alike, uh, the most similar. To these could be added uh, the negatives of similimus, which be which would be dissimili. Oh my God, I'm not going to even do it. And it's superlative dissimilimus. Dissimilimus, there we go. Dissimilis, there we go. There we go, Liam. As long as grisilimus which is from Gracilis, and Humilimus, which is from Humilis. Uh, there are another type of regular superlatives, which are adjectives whose nominative forms are singular, masculine, and they end in the E-R, er. Um, this includes adjectives of any declension, such as liber, pulcher, acer, pulcher being beautiful, acer being sharp. Their superlatives also omit the usual E-C, the I-S-S, and the double and double the final consonant of the base rather producing a remus uh, um so as in liberimus pulcherimus and acerimus originally 
the ending was simus, but L plus S in Latin assimilated to LL. Um, thus, facilissimus became facilimus. There's just some, you know, throwing in some linguistic knowledge for y'all going off of history. Likewise, the R plus the S in Latin assimilated to an RR, thus acerimus became acerimus. I mentioned this because it may help you make sense of another formal encounter in a moment, maximus, which is greatest, which is really mag plus simus, where the GS became X. You can think of the gluteus maximus, the greatest of the gluteus muscles, because if you didn't know, the gluteus is made up of three, the gluteus medius and the gluteus minimus are the other two, um, of which they aid in hip abduction um, and uh, hip extension as well, to a certain degree, but only uh, to uh, like a certain range of motion. Uh, I love talking about that kind of stuff. Anyways, all of that is fairly easy, isn't it? Please say yes, because you know what? If not, then uh, I don't know what to say. So let's go ahead. Let's use uh, some comparisons, irregular comparisons looming ahead to present a greater challenge here and understand why. So first, phonology, a.k.a. the words that are pronounced and the way in which they are pronounced. These sounds inside these regular forms blend together more often, um, also known as uh, that mag plus eor produces maior instead of magior. The g sound drops out. Also, in general, irregular comparisons often or more often entail composite forms where several bases have commingled into one system. In simpler terms, the positive comes from one word root, but the comparative and superlative come from another. A good example is English's better best, which come from the root bot, meaning compensation, actually. If you didn't know, now you know. By other linguistic paths, this root gives us our word like booty, like in pirate's booty. Booty is a good thing, especially if you're a pirate. Also, a booty can refer to uh, a slang term referring to your rump and or your gluteus maximus and or gluteus medius and minimus, a.k.a. your gluteals. Anyways, we're talking about booty as in pirate's booty as in ching-a-ling-ling-ling-ling moolah. Unfortunately, not all irregular comparisons can be explained away so easily. And remembered even easier because of this. So, for instance, Latin comparatives for um, good, which is melior, which is just an irregular, uh, as irregular as our better, simply cannot be traced or explained linguistically, nor can its po a positive, I'm sorry, not as a positive, its opposite, paeus, which means worse, the comparative for bad, or its close relative, pessimus, which means worst. It's where we get a word, pessimist, thinking the worst out of the things. Um, uh, all we can say here is some things gone from badder to baddest. So let's chart them. The seven severely, in some cases, inexplicably irregular comparatives and superlative forms in Latin, bearing in mind that their irregularity 
is a byproduct of their frequent usage. So firstly, we got bonus, which means good. Bonuses are good, right? That's how I remember it. Um, well, it's comparative goes from bonus to melior and then melius, meaning better, as we just noted, of unknown origin. To quote the dictionary, its superlative is optimus, which means best. Optimus prime. Uh, prime meaning first, optimus meaning best. The first best is what optimus prime means, and that's my students really love it. They're like, oh, it's like one of the transformers. And I'm like, yes, yes. They just take a couple of superlatives and put them together, which is probably a compound, though, thinking of the optimus of the pre prefix ob, meaning against, face-to-face, -face, up in front of something, and the superlative suffix simus. In this form, it would be timus, though, meaning that the original sense of optimus was meaning more of the frontest. The best things often do stand out and are forefront. Um, that's how I remember it. Hopefully that'll help you out. How about magnus, which means large and or great? Think of a magnifying glass. When you look at something under a magnifying glass, it's a, it appears larger than um, before. Magnanimous, magnificent. It has a comparative, which is my or myus, greater. A combination of mog, meaning big, and the comparative meaning your. Its superlative is maximus, gluteus maximus, meaning greatest. As we noted before, was originally mag plus semus, which is close to predictable if you're following the linguistics here. We'll leave it at that and move on to malus, which means bad. Mala, malum. It's where we get the word malaria. Uh, we get uh, maybe maleficent. I'm not sure. It has a comparative, which is peor peus, which means worse, and its superlative pessimus, which means worst. Their eor, eus, and simus endings are no surprise, but the etymology of the pe base scene is, bo is rather unclear, and I don't have an explanation. The comparative of multus, which means much or many, looks widely irregular. Plus, it's built on the same base as ple, play, which means fill or full. That gives us our Latin derivative plenty. So it uses a totally different root from multus, taking it a classic example of a composite comparison. Two linguistic swatches quilted together into one fabric. If you think about it, uh, multus is like one plus one. What is one more than one? Well, one more than one is plus. Oh, crap. I lost my train of thought because I did that little side tangent. Um, okay. Well, let's just go ahead. The only issue here is that this one is rather irregular regular because it goes from multis to plus, which is not an adjective, which is kind of unusual for a comparative adjective because plus is a noun. A third declension neuter noun. It means more like I want more. 
that's in the singular. In its plural, it goes back to the beginning where it should be an adjective. Like I want more adjectives. There are actually adjectives that are actually adjectives, right? I don't understand. I don't know why, but from multis be, being a, a, um, an adjective, we go into plus. Plus is a noun. It's an irregular noun. Note, though, no masculine or feminine forms in the singular. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Thank the goodness gracious man alive, woman alive, creature alive. Nouns don't change gender uh, normally speaking. Uh, they There are caveats in this case. It's just plus pluris. No dative is attested in ancient texts, so we just can't assume it was pluri, which is what the dative ought to be. Plus, don't forget, neuter nominatives and accusatives are always the same. The pluri, not I stem, it's at least not in the singular. Um, so how do you say more something? I.e. more money, more wisdom, more power. You use a genitive, technically a part of the genitive, part of the whole. More about that later on that I'll talk about. For instance, plus virtutis means more literally of courage. Um, then we, as we just said, the plural goes back to being what it should be, an adjective, plures, plura, plurium, pluribus, plures, plura, plura, pluribus and so on, and third declension. So just as you'd expect from a comparative adjective, which are all third declension and I stem, its genitive plural is plurium, which is why neuter nominative accusative plural isn't pluria. I, I actually have no idea. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I said that it's kind of a definitive statement, but I should have asked is why? Why is the neuter nominative accusative not pluria? I don't know. But it is, so it's plura. All I can say is you just got to memorize it. It's not an ia, it's just an a. Uh. So let's go ahead. We'll uh, go back and look at the superlative of multis, which is plurimus, which means most, plurimus. It's an adjective throughout its declension, hallelujah. Uh, and it has the by now familiar emus ending we've seen in a raft of simus and timus superlative forms, which makes it almost irregular, at least by comparison to its comparative. Um, plurimus is actually all but predictable if you understand that it's really just plus plus emus, which changed in Latin to plurimus through a process we mentioned before, rhoticism, ring, where a single S in between vowels changes to an R. And this is not the last time we'll run into something such as this rhotic uh, or rhoticism. Parwus, which means small, has a comparative, which is minor, minus, the, which means less. Um, uh, and the same base is seen in the English derivative minus, which is diminish, the superlative of minimus, or is rather minimus, meaning least. Surely you can think of a few derivatives here. Minimal, minimum, mini mouse. Just kidding. That one, that one's a lie. Don't, don't, it's a lie. <coughs> 
The next form, pior, prius, meaning former, is defective, having no positive degree, only a comparative and superlative. You. That was a weird noise. I wonder what that was. Anyways, um, so you have to have two things to be able to put one in front of the other. That's why there's no positive. You can't be in front of only yourself. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Well, you can't, but uh, but if you have schizophrenic, or if you happen to be schizophrenic, and grammatically that counts as two of you, um, I guess that that's the only caveat. The superlative is primus, though, which means first. Uh, to deploy this word properly, there should be at least three things. In other words, to have a first, you have to have a second and a third. It drives me crazy when a person is standing in front of me and says, I'm first. You're not. You're in front. First implies there are at least three of us. And since there are only two, that implies that one of the two of us is schizophrenic, which isn't nice and isn't me. Got it? Thanks. And the last of the seven deadly adjectives, superus, meaning above. It has a comparative superior, superius, meaning higher. That is where we get the physiological term superior, which is uh, whatever is above and or higher than the midline of the body and or the trunk. You have the superior um, iliac crest, for instance. You have, um, you have your infraspinatus, inferior spinatus, your um, supraspinatus, you have your, um, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to get into it. And I, I shouldn't because I'll choose another episode to do that very same thing. Rock on Mr. Connerly dropping knowledge, whether it be physiology, anatomical or grammatical. Anyways, we have superior, which means higher, which is not actually irregular. As I was talking about before, you even know that the base super from the preposition super, which means above, like in the anatomical terminology that I was talking about before, which is superior coming from the prefix supra, as in supraspinatus, which refers to anything above whatever is being referred to. The superlative supra, the super, super the highest, the upper lative, Comparative, the positive, the superlative, super above the highest is where there's a bit of an issue. There are two, neither predictable. One is sumus. Think of it, summa cum laude, which means in a sense highest, like summit. And the second, supremus, which means a different connotation, last, like supreme. That is the former shows altitude and the latter shows um, a place in order. Kind of weird, kind of odd. Thank you for giving us more options language. Not only do we use adjective comparison a lot, the Romans did too. And so a lot of comparative and superlative forms leaked into English from Latin. For example, when you have, or rather, um, when you, when you think the word pejorative and what that means, well, it comes from pior, meaning, uh, and what does that mean in Latin? It means worse. 
So pejorative usually is in reference to um, a very bad word. It's a substantive adjective that can refer to something very unpleasant. What about a pessimist? That's a person who always thinks the worst will happen. Pessimist. How about plus, like I was talking about before, like one plus one? What does plus actually mean? More. So one plus one is literally one more by one. And if things are plural, they're more than one. I mean, how objective can language get in that way? Not much. So let's um, so let's leave it there. I really appreciate you guys. And um, if you got this far, thank you so much for listening to me ramble for 24 minutes, uh, almost 25. If you did, go ahead, go to Spotify, leave me some uh, some love. I would love that so very, very much. So, um, I've noticed that there are people that have been giving my, uh, my podcast uh, more ratings. So thank you guys so very much. I appreciate you. I have a feeling it's my former students. I love you guys so very much. You guys know that I love you and, um, and how much I'm going to miss all of you guys. It's a really bittersweet time saying goodbye to everybody and, and oh my gosh. And, uh, the signing of all the yearbooks, y'all, you guys were, you guys almost had the waterworks coming from me almost. Like, I feel like, I don't know how I didn't, but I just didn't. So, I have a feeling it's you guys, and I thank you so much for the support. You guys rock, and I will forever uh, be shouting you out and all that stuff. You guys are still a part of my life no matter what, um, even though I'm moving on to uh, other sc- another school. I'm still going to be with y'all. I'm going to be around. I told you guys, send me uh, your schedules for like games and stuff like that. I I'm, Yo, I'm showing up. I'm supporting Always supporting Mr. Connolly. Anyways, I'm going to shut up. Without that, uh, or with that being said, I would love some love. Go to Apple Podcast if you do. Um, it's a little bit more of a process, but you got to look me up, Latin and Layman's. Click on the little uh, podcast thing. Scroll all the way down. Give me a rating of five stars or whatever you feel like I deserve because I am open to whatever criticism, critiques, and wherever I can hone my craft and uh, maybe write something and I'll shout it out because I have yet. A. Myers was the last one that just shouted out great info, former student of mine. Mr. Myers, you rock. I appreciate you so very, very, very much. Um, and... I'm going to leave it there. So without further ado, with that being probably my fourth or fifth time saying that before rounding out this podcast, Tempus has to scatter